Welcome to the Ignite Movements podcast, where we are helping leaders move beyond a one ministry mindset to a multiplication mindset. And that is, you know, that is the heartbeat of what we're doing. And honestly, like we want to see multiplication in every single area of your church, whether it's multiplying leaders, whether it's multiplying your churches, whether it's multiplying uh, your your small groups. But that all starts with multiplying disciples. Every person in the organization, or as many people as you can get, that are doing that to be focused on multiplying disciples. And along the way on the podcast, we've talked about some high level stuff. We've talked about pulling together those super missional people who are listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, who are just all in on on making disciples, pulling those people together for an entire year and every other week, pouring into them and holding them accountable. And, and that's very high level stuff. But the thing about it is, is we want to permeate our entire culture. So there's this balance there. How do we permeate our entire culture? While at the same time, we have sort of an invitation only, sort of exclusive like we don't want people there who who just like are along for the ride and just want to be talked at but don't want to participate like so we've got the high level thing that we don't really just say hey everybody sign up for but then at the same time we want to permeate the entire culture so today that's what we're talking about how do we permeate the entire culture of our church with the disciple making mindset and i am joined by chris miller hello everyone that's right bag by popular demand chris miller was uh, one of our campus pastors in the northridge network he was actually the founder the founding father of the west market campus um, you know, uh, it's the house that Jesus built, but Jesus That's used true. Chris Miller to build it. Uh, and so, uh, so we're excited to have him back. He's now at One Life in Knoxville uh, that we just love and adore. And, and so we're excited to, to hear his perspective on this idea of developing what we call the middle layer. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but, but, uh, but actually permeating the entire culture of your church uh, with this disciple-making mindset, because now he has been involved in that in two different cultures yeah and it's a lot of work to really insert those type of uh, practices and kind of disciplines because it's something that you do want to be intentional with Um, but honestly if you think through culture it's behaviors it's habits it's what we say uh, it's the things that we do and for me, and, and maybe for you as a leader, you need to write out what are some things that you would love to see in your culture uh, become a reality, maybe if they're not at this point, and some things that you could tweak. Like for us, we want stories mm-hmm. uh, to be an essential part of what's happening between volunteers, between guests, where people are sharing their God stories, and that's not just salvation, that's maybe God answering a prayer, or maybe that's uh, God came through in a moment for your life, because you're going to meet people Uh, a lot of times on Sunday mornings that are not okay or they're going through some different things. So for us, uh, stories were a huge part of what we wanted to see within our middle-layer leaders. Mm. We want people praying for one another. Like Mm. one of the wins for me is seeing other people praying for other people before service Mm. with volunteers and our VIP, that's vision, information, prayer. Uh, We gather before the day begins, and we take those moments to pray for one another, and we even give them moments like, hey, if you're not doing well today or you're not okay today, like, let us pray for you. Like, raise your hand, and we stop, and we pray for those people. But even afterwards, people praying for one another uh, through the foyer, outside, like, that's a win for us because that's something that we want to permeate our culture, people sharing their stories, people being Mm -hmm. prayed for, uh, asking good questions, you Mm -hmm. know. I asked the girl uh, just this past Sunday, you know, how are you doing? 
And she said, I'm good. And I was like, well, what does that mean? She's like, okay, I'm not good. <laughs> and she kind of unpacked what was going on within our life. And I got her story, connected a story similar to hers, and was able to pray with her and for her. And, and really, as a leader, that's an expectation that I have on any leader, any director. Mm. And as we model that, the hope is that they'll do the same. Yeah. You're for setting an example else. because the typical thing is, is oh yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not great. Oh man, well I hope you have a better week. Pat on the back. But you're you're going to take the time. You're going to you're going to listen. You're going to drive down and hear the story and 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 do whatever you can do to encourage and walk alongside and and let them know that you really care about where they are. And um, and so really, you know, well, I think what I hear Chris saying is, you know, just bring disciple making into every single area of your church. And it's 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 something that's not that hard to do, honestly. Uh, and, and so, like he said, VIPs, which vision, information, uh, and wait, what's the other prayer. one? Prayer. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Vision, information, <laughs> and prayer. Uh, I don't know why I went blank on that. But, um, but you know, that's just a huddling up before, before church. That's a moment to say, hey, like, who would like to share? You know, who, t- tell me who's had a who's had a spiritual conversation this week. It's mm-hmm. one of the things we have always done in our leadership team meetings. Is we start with, yeah, you got a bunch of leaders coming together for leadership team meetings, and they are like, let's make decisions. But you know, how about oh, no? Before we get started, let's talk about whether or not we're we're you know making disciples. Like, who's had a spiritual conversation? Like, let's ask that. Let's hold each other accountable for that. Volunteer meetings, staff meetings, all those are places where we could do that. And so, uh, you know, it's, when we talk about developing the middle layer, what we mean by that is we tend to see those people that we invite into an ongoing high accountability disciple making, you know, that's kind of the high, high level, high layer. Then you get the people who are just kind of consumers, like you're just kind of trying to inspire them to get going. But then you have people in your church who really actually do want to make a difference. Maybe they don't have the time to commit to that high level situation, uh, or maybe they're just not quite there yet. But but they could start taking steps, and so that's kind of why we why we call it the middle layer. But so you know, first of all, just being uh, bringing disciple making principles to every single area uh, of your of your church of, of your organization. But then also uh, sermon series that are introducing uh, disciple making principles, uh, and you know you can literally take the things that you teach in your training to those high level leaders, and you can dole them out in sermon series uh, along the way and 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 you start seeing people live out uh disciple making principles and refer to disciple making principles that have never been through the training because it's starting to eke into your culture uh because you have taught series on it and one of those that you actually brought to us right before you left was the blessed series Mm -hmm. um from uh dave ferguson uh and and that's just that just puts it down on the level for everybody so Mm. that that worked so well where else have you seen this kind of thing well we just finished a series at one life called not today satan Mm. and uh we inserted ralph moore's church planning questions Mm. which were what did the holy spirit say what are you going to do about it and then how can i help you Mm. and it really i mean for a disciple yeah we want to read the scriptures but it doesn't need to stay within our heads it really doesn't come to fruition till we apply it mm. but for the whole church regardless of where they were spiritually to hear what did the holy spirit say what are you going to do about it it's mm. almost the perfect marriage of yeah. tension mm-hmm. uh, plus release because we want people doing whatever the holy spirit tells them as they're listening because people will hear different things whether it's an obedience thing whether it's a i need to ask for forgiveness thing whether it's a mm-hmm. stepping out in faith thing and it really pushed a lot of people um, through that series to actually 
say what is the holy spirit what is he like what does he do and then why is he asking me to do this so it we had some side conversations on what that looks like to follow that's awesome yeah you know those are just simple principles you share in a sermon and and when you look at somebody and you say you need to start discipling somebody or you need to make a disciple you need to lead somebody to christ and then make a disciple you know out of them multiply disciples all those types of lingo that we use it's overwhelming people are like i don't i don't know what to do you know things like bless that just hey begin with prayer and listen and eat with somebody and you know serve somebody and share your story like that that's easy you know that's easy hey here's three questions if you just met with somebody regularly and just ask each other these three questions you would grow exponentially in your faith uh you know and and you would probably begin to influence other people as well and so uh it is possible i know sometimes we feel like when we're preaching we're you know we're just dumping information and it's like, man, is this really going anywhere? But over time, that builds up, and, and your people become more disciple-making minded and, and actually start to put those things into, into practice, which is really cool when you begin to see that. Um, so, so, yeah, sermon series that are introducing those disciple-making principles are absolutely huge. And you know another area within the church that we actually have at our fingertips is small group lessons and, and really those questions that you... Uh, you know, want to build off of the sermon, like our micro churches, um, some churches call them community groups, home mm-hmm. groups. Uh, we talk about the sermon after Rodney preaches it on Sunday, but a lot of the questions are connected to uh, the message, but it's more those questions in the line of, you know, like uh, within applying what Pastor Rodney talked about today, whether it was about listening to the Holy Spirit, what does that look like within your life? You know, how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? What are some ways this week that you can actually do that? Is that by reading the text that we talked about this week? Is that by sitting in silence and, and prayer and listening uh, to what the Holy Spirit's saying? And it really, it's a great time. And this can happen probably best in smaller pockets um, outside of their main micro church time or community group time. But hey, you said the Holy Spirit told you to do this, but you didn't do it. Mm. You know, how can I help you follow through with that? Because uh, we want people stepping into obedience, and there is a principle that joy follows obedience, mm. and there's nothing like it. And people that are following, you know, because a lot of times Sunday mornings, that's a mixed crowd. Your micro churches, community groups, small groups, uh, that's really where the rubber hits the road and where you can actually help people along the way to take those steps. Because, mm. again, we can model it oh so much as as leaders from the stage, from uh, platforms, uh, through meetings, but it's when... Uh, the people we're developing in discipling actually process that and live that out where they live, work, and play within their family units. That's when you really start to see life change. Yeah. Uh, really, there's kind of two different ways that we leverage small groups. Uh, w- one of them is that we tend to do a soft launch and then a kind of a hard launch in the fall. And so when folks go back to school in August, we go ahead and our groups just start meeting. But we kind of think, like, I mean, this might may be true, may not be true, but we kind of expect that's going to be the people who have already been in groups because we have a full-on, like, you've got to join a group emphasis the week after Labor Day that we call our fall kickoff. Um, at that point, we kind of expect new people were probably going to be joining a group. So we take those August lessons a lot of times to do a lot of insider stuff, like here's some disciple-making principles. So l- let's talk about what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit for opportunities to, to share your faith. Let's write down you know, our, our, our God stories uh, together, and let's share them with each other. And so just some principles, just some basic principles, what, you know, two tools of questions and testimonies that we can use to, to, to share our faith with, with other people. 
And we just go over a few of those things during that time before everybody else kind of comes piling into the group. Another thing that is, is really important is that your disciple makers that you have trained at a high level should be in a group, and or at least when they finish training, they should be going back into a group. Um, and so they should be uh, really paying attention in that small group area to be like, who who's beginning to ask some good questions that maybe seems like they're just starting to wake up spiritually? I need to spend some time with that person. So they can become a very fertile ground for what, what we call low-hanging fruit. You know, we, we tend to think of the, the harder fruit as, you know, we go out in the community and we build relationships and, you know, it's tough. But low-hanging fruit are people who walk through the doors of your church and just are starting to ask questions. And God just serves them right up to you. But a lot of times we don't pay attention to that. Uh, and, so, um, and so those are kind of two of the ways that, that we've kind of leveraged small groups uh, to, to, to really impact uh, this this whole uh, issue of driving disciple making all the way through the organization. Um, the next thing is just one-time seminars that introduce overall concepts uh, of, of um, disciple making. And so this gives you an opportunity to just take any sign-ups, anybody that's interested in signing up, if, it doesn't matter why they signed up or if they're planning on sticking with this and making this a lifestyle or you know whatever, you're willing to spend, you're not necessarily willing to spend an entire year every other week with, with just whoever to is to sign up because that could turn out to be a disaster if everybody just kind of shows up and doesn't doesn't really pursue any of this uh it can be a real downer but you can give a two-hour seminar to anybody who signs up and you can kind of see who gets excited about the concepts uh who really is you know maybe shows that hey i'm all in on this but right now where i am in the situation i am and that kind of stuff i i can't commit to every, every other week but you've got them in the back of your mind to you know maybe next year I'm gonna I'm gonna get them into my more high intensity, high accountability, uh, uh, disciple making training, uh, and so you know this just gives you a great opportunity to to kind of get get the principles out there, a few of those principles out there that you know the easy things that are really accessible and easy to start using, and also kind of a fishing pool for mm. for um, you know your high accountability situation. Chris, this last one. It's one of the main reasons that you're here today, mm. uh, which uh, we flew him in from Knoxville. No, that's <laughs> that's not true. Uh, he happened to be coming up. I said, "Hey, we're going to do this by Zoom," and he said, "I'll be there." Um, but um, but one of the reasons I thought of you immediately is this whole idea of just special emphasis. Like for you, I noticed that like you really like prayed, and God would show you like this year this is going to be an overall theme. And we're going to drive that home for an entire year, and and, and it usually went along with disciple making. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, there was moments. I know we had uh, two for one when we went from one service to two services, and then we had one name for one name. But you had certain commitments that that you were like, hey, for us to go, you know, there's two things you need. How about explain that? And it really— There there was one— Yeah, two for one was we were headed to two services. Mm -hmm. We had been at one service— it was probably the worst time to try to go to two services. <laughs> we had lost 100 people like in 2015. I don't know where they went. But we just felt like God was saying it's time, step out by faith. And so really to prepare people and really prepare me, because if we're honest as leaders, if you're listening today, like praying for names and mm-hmm. praying specifically for opportunities, a lot of times we get caught up in ministry that we're not actually doing ministry in a sense of like oh i'm praying for god to open up an opportunity i'm praying for this Mm -hmm. specific person's name that keeps coming to mind i'm i'm praying for leaders and for us we believe the way we were going to grow was man we're going to pray for one name we're going to ask the people in our church so we're uh, going to two services 
two for, for that one, one person that, that you're praying person. for. And yeah, so everybody's got to be all in on that. Yeah. And so we said we're going to pray for that person and we're going to invite that person. Mm-hmm. And so we took months. And I mean, we were writing those names on a board. Mm-hmm. We were constantly talking about it. Like I was challenged. We would have 21 days of prayer and there would be an emphasis. But what we were doing is really stoking that fire kind of man, I do want to include God in on this. I probably should pray for this person. Mm. If God says if we ask and seek and knock, like he'll provide. Because, I mean, should we really expect anything if yeah. we're not doing any of those things? Right. And so we saw God move. Uh, we grew 100 people in the summer, which is crazy. Yeah. It doesn't normally happen that way. <laughs> but I honestly think it was God honoring us praying and us mm. being serious about the lives yeah. of the people around us. Yeah. and it really encouraged the faith of the people when they saw us grow numerically, but when they saw those people start coming and those people start being engaged. And really, I think series where you have 21 days of prayer locked in, I know some Mm -hmm. uh, churches do that twice a year, but it really is a good detox from just simply doing church and Mm -hmm. simply not having expectations where you're intentionally uh, bringing those names to God, and, and even one name for his name, like, uh, that was kind of an emphasis prior to Easter, yeah. and, you know, Easter's always a big day, and, but really it's more so what happens after, yeah. um, that you've connected with the person, that they've made a good first impression, that they're experiencing, you know, what we talked about with church culture and mm-hmm. a lot of things within your middle layer layers of prayer, sharing God's stories, spiritual conversations, uh, needs being met, like, um, Again, I think that special emphasis days really kind of can be, you know, we would call it revival, but it really is yeah. just a time to focus on God and people. Yeah. Um, I actually stole your one name for his name concept uh, yes. when I was leading the Springbrook campus. And it was one of, you know, just a quick history for us at Springbrook. We sent so many people out. We Like mm-hmm. over like five, six years, we sent like 130 people out to different churches, whether they be our churches or somebody else's church that, that was getting started. We were happy to do that. We're excited about that. That's who we are as a church. But 130 people, and we're not mega churches, so just, you know, kind of keep that in mind. And what it, what it did was it left us with, uh, you know, kind of the founders that had really gotten this campus off the ground, gotten Springbrook off the ground, um, and they were tired. Like, we were like, you know, I don't know, 10 years in at that point, we were burnt out uh, because all those people had done like three volunteer positions and things like that in the early days, and then all the excited people who came came on board that could help us out and, and, and jump on board and help us all kept going out to start other churches. So we had burnout founders, is what I call it, and we had consumers left, people who were like, this is a cool church. I, I like it here. I'm not contributing anything, but I'm here. And so it was like, Springbrook that had you know launched the whole thing as far as being missional and 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 multiplying and things like that it was fantastic except we were left with people who were committed but burnout and people who didn't want to do anything uh, so we were the least missional campus that we had and and one of the huge turnarounds uh, in addition to just that that, that high-intensity disciple-making training that we talked about, which I had to stop sending my high-intensity, uh, well-trained um, uh, disciple-makers away uh, because that was another problem. But but rebuilding that at Springbrook and the one name for his name, which was a middle-layer concept uh, to just permeate the culture, was fantastic because what happened at the first of the year, I said, I want to know one name that you want to see God work in this person's life this year, and I want you to write the name down. I couldn't believe it because our people like... 
generally like struggled like if you ask them for something missional like I, I got I get nothing back mm-hmm. but if we ask them to give an offering to plant a church they would do great um, and so I got a huge stack and so I just made it a goal that year that every single week I contacted three of our people that filled out those cards and said, how are things going with the person that, um, mm. that you mentioned? Have you had an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation? Where do you feel like they are spiritually and how can I help you? Uh, and, and a lot of times I heard nothing back from those people, but just all throughout the, the, the year, at least once or twice a month, I got back, hey, here's what's going on. Thanks for checking in. I really don't know what the next step is. And I literally started coaching people on how to have spiritual conversations. And one of the craziest things about that is a person who's now a deacon at our Springbrook campus actually came out of the Mm. coaching that I did through that process. And he's now leading other people and multiplying his faith as well. And so it's, 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 it's crazy when, when you just begin to permeate your entire culture and special emphasis, whether it's a special emphasis day, whether it's a prayer emphasis for 21 days, or whether it's this is the theme for the year and we're not going to let you forget it. We're going to keep bringing it up over and over and over again can be huge. And so uh, those are just a few of the ideas that, that we've had um, that, that, that have been fairly successful that we've that we felt really good about you may have other ideas would love to hear your ideas love to hear your comments as always uh if you like what what you have gotten if you like the content that ignite movements podcast is is giving you make sure you like subscribe and share and one other thing i would say is a lot of times i like to try to give you some sort of resource and i would say on this one one of the best middle layer resources or one of the best resources just to permeate your culture is is the blessed book um b period l period e period s period s period um by uh dave ferguson and uh it is fantastic for just just you know using for small groups using as a sermon series uh using with your leadership team uh or or whatever that you want to do with it to, to 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 really drive this emphasis of disciple making all the way through your organization. Thanks for joining us today.